What's up guys? Just before we start the show, we want to let you guys know that if you're looking to support the show, we now have ways for you to do so. Now, producing these episodes takes a lot of time and without any financial support, it's going to be difficult to say how long we're going to be able to keep this show going. However, now we've got some ways for you to show your support if you would like to via various platforms. For our China listeners out there listening to this podcast on Shimalaya, if you click on each episode and go to the description box, you will now find ways for you to support the show via Alipay and WeChat Pay. And for those who are listening abroad, If you'd like to show some love, you can send your donations to paypal.me forward slash yishuantio, which is P-A-Y-P-A-L dot M-E forward slash Y-I-E-S-E-A-N-T-E-O-H. Or you can subscribe to us on Patreon. All the links will be in the show notes below. In any case, thank you so much for your support regardless of whether or not you do donate, we are thankful and appreciative for all our listeners out there. We hope that you tune in to every episode. Thank you so much. And now back to the show. Back to life, back to reality. Welcome to the Podcast, a bilingual podcast where every week we use Chinese and English to explore various social, cultural and contemporary issues in the aim of giving our listeners a useful tool to improve either or both their English or Chinese language ability. Welcome to the Chuan Chuan Podcast. My name is Sean. And my name is Victoria. And today we're going to do a podcast on passing the HSK exam. Now, for for many of our listeners, um, you're probably thinking about taking the HSK exam. Or you're thinking about maybe teaching how to pass the HSK exam. So we've got two types of audiences, one learning Chinese and one teaching Chinese. And Vicky here found out two days ago that she has passed the HSK 6. Yay! Congratulations. And couple of years ago, I well, yeah, two years ago, I passed the HSK 5. So we're going to give you some of our perspectives on how to pass this exam. Now, Vicky, um, why don't you tell us about your preparation for HSK 6 since it's quite recent? How did you prepare? What do you think helped you the most? Mm, what helped me the most? Well, to pass HSK 6, I think it's really re- important to to practice uh, and to time yourself. Um, so you should do a couple of uh, tests at home. You should time yourself and see how it goes. You should also uh, download or print out the, the vocab that you need to learn and try to practice it every day. So I would say the vocab and and practice tests. So let's first talk about some useful tools. So the first tool that I would definitely recommend is a Chinese dictionary. Vicky and I, we use Pleco, P-L-E-C-O. And the great thing about Pleco is they have this um, functionality where you can download the hsk words and 
you can use that app to go through the vocabulary. To yeah, test it's true, but this is good for HSK5. But if you try to do HSK6, you learn the word and you still need to know how to use it because if you know the word, it's not that useful because there is one part in HSK6 where you have blanks and you have to choose a right word and all of the w words that you have to choose are synonyms so there are synonyms you need to know what the difference is between all of these words and you need to know um, how to use them if you don't know how to use them then you will most likely make a mistake in pleco uh, when you have the cards you have only the word i'm not gonna lie this is also useful that's what i also did but in the end you still need to know how to use this word yeah so i'm going to say that the great thing about this is to basically just check yourself uh, how many words you know yeah like a quick way of uh, recognizing the words because when you do the reading exercise um well actually let, let let's go through the different exercises first so the first part is the uh, listening yeah and the listening is basically hearing a comprehension mm -hmm. and then answering uh, uh, answering a b c or d which of these statements are the most true yeah like the the in hsk6 first and 15 question is is this for the listening yeah first yeah. 15 questions um what about the next question? the next you have a story and you have questions according to the story yeah and then after that it's the same okay so story and questions according to the story so this is for hsk 5 2 and this five six five uh, and yeah. six yeah. yeah and this um exercise of going through all the words in playco i think these help with five and six uh these help with the listening i can 100 percent say that yeah but so let's just stick, oh, okay. stick with that so um, this exercise is really good for the listening and hopefully if you do that and you kind of recognize the meaning of the words you can bank those points in the listening now with the reading the reading split into a couple of parts yeah yeah what are the parts well the first part in hsk6 is you have some being you uh, which is like a sentence with uh, with a mistake you have four sentences a, B, C, D, and you have to choose which one, which sentence is wrong. This part is really hard. I'm not gonna lie. This one, this part for me was the hardest, cause uh, yeah, it's really hard. Like in this part, you really need to know how to use the word, cause most of the sentences sound really correct, but they might be wrong only because one word was used in the wrong way which I think uh, is really hard. This part was really the hardest for me. What's the second part? The second part is gaps, blanks, right? Yeah. Yeah, gaps. You have uh, like a, a sentence or two or three sentences, usually two or three sentences, and you have like uh, four gaps, and you need to choose the right word to put inside. This part is grammar, I would say. It's like mostly grammar and the words. Um, well, last year I took HSK6 and I didn't pass it. And I thought this sent this uh, this part was really hard. But uh, when I was doing tests at home, I realized that I'm doing this part quite quite good, way better than, than the first part. So, yeah, so it's, mm, how do you say it? 
uh, yeah, usually like mostly grammar, grammar and the words, how you use them. Because in that part, you will have a lot of synonyms or you synonyms, will, synonyms sorry, synonyms, or you will have genius uh, that are really alike and you have to choose the good one, the one who fits the sentence the best. And what about the third part? The third part is a text with with gaps and you have to choose the right sentence to 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 match the text. This part is quite easy. No, do you say do you mean with blanks? The so what is the sentence? Is the sentence No, it's a, it's a text. So you read the text and then what about the sentence? The A B C D. Yeah, they're A B C D E. What what is it about? You have sentences. Yeah, but what did the what are the sentences about? What do you mean? Is it like a truth or false? No, 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 no. You have uh, gaps the text have gaps oh, and you have to you choose, choose the, the sentence. sentence okay so um for hsk6 the for the reading part we can say that it's it's you need to be able to know what the words how to use the words correctly for at least when you're filling the blanks for the first part right hmm? you need to know how to use the words correctly for the first part of the reading. Yeah, the first part, I think, is the hardest. And about the second and third part, do you also need to know how to use the word correctly, would you say? Uh, the second part. The second, the second so, part. The third part is easy. It's, it's relatively easy, I would say. So the most important thing, therefore, for the reading part is that you know how to use the words correctly. Now, The first and second part. Vicky, mm-hmm. how did you learn how to use the words correctly? Um, for this part say for example you kind of know all the meanings of the words but now you need to figure out some words how to use them correctly do you have like a, a method? okay so what i used to do is first i downloaded the list of the words that are um, required for hsk6 and i went through the words and the ones that i didn't know I would write them, write them down and later try to find online sentences with these words. So I would uh, make a, my own word file and write this word, write the meaning of it and write a couple of sentences under. Did you do it for all the words? Most of them. So how many words do you need for HSK6? 5,000. So you did it for 5,000 words? No, of course not, because some of them I knew, right? Yeah. Some of 5,000 words, yeah, right? You have you need to know, but some of them are like mama, baba, you know, so like... how many words do you would you say you did it for? I think I did it like for 500 words. For 500 words? Yeah. Would you say that there were also some But it's words? not most of the words. It's not all of the words. Because, uh, you know, like, uh, I also downloaded... Um, studied the grammar like some of the some of the words i knew how to use them because i studied chinese for a long time right but the ones i didn't learn at school or i didn't use at school i would do it okay so you did systematically go through all the words and if you knew how to use it you didn't go through them and then if you didn't know you yourself i would would check it check it find some examples for that which is really really good advice really really good advice yeah now what about grammar? How did you um, get past the grammar? I don't know, to be honest. Did you have a sheet of grammar? You used the website, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was this website, zero to hero. Zero dot zero to, to hero, hero dot, dot C-A. C-A. C-A, yeah. And um, 
you can choose Chinese and grammar and there is you can choose HSK5 or HSK6 and you have all the grammar there so you can just revise and you have also sentences there you have one sentence per per grammar so you can actually say how to use it but one sentence it's not enough it's really not enough you need to know how to use this word in two three sentences because there is a rule to to most of the words in chinese there is a rule how to use it or in what kind of situations you can use them did you have um any papers that you used anybody give you sort of a worksheet so that you could have like yeah some references <laughs> yeah my my classmate uh, he passed hsk uh, before me and he lent me some of the materials that he used to study from and these materials were mostly sy- synonyms it was a list of synonyms yeah so um vicky got those uh, papers from um from a friend who went to the easy chinese center in guangzhou um to learn now, if you guys um, mention my name, you will be able to get a small discount for this course. So um, send me an email if you guys are interested in trying to improve your Chinese. I will be able to um, set you up with that because I can say that this center has really good teaching. And if you are stuck and you're looking to find some help, they're, they're the ones that could really, really help you. Okay, Vicky. Um, so that's the reading. What about the writing? Well, the reading is not finished yet. <laughs> you still have the fourth part, right? Or oh, it's the fourth part. You have a text and you have questions under the text. Okay. So you just need to read the text and answer the questions. But it might be kind of hard because you have only 50 minutes for all of these parts and... In the, end, in the end, you might run out of time. So what I recommend is uh, when you do an online test, you can go first to the fourth part, which I think is the easiest. Try to answer the questions. Read the text really quickly. Answer the questions really quickly. And later, go from the back to the beginning. Because the first part, according to me, is the hardest one. So most likely, you just don't need to spend time on trying to find the right answer in the first part because you're just wasting time. Just go first to the fourth part and go from the back to the front. And when you don't have enough time for the first part, you just, you know, guess the answers. Because in my case, most likely, I would answer wrong the first part. So, Yeah. yeah. So... Um, basically what Vicky is saying is strategy is really, really important like it is with any exam and perhaps for our Asian listeners, they will know this more so than our Western listeners or our other foreigner listeners because um, obviously in Asian cultures, exams are a much bigger part in the culture. But if you're going to be doing an exam, you have to realize that strategy is important. And as Vicky said, to go from the back to the front, that's probably going to give you a better chance of getting all the right answers. And then when you don't know something, since it's multiple choice, if you do guess the, if you do guess the same answer 
multiple times, then you know you have just a probability one in four or one in five of getting it right. So, Well, the advice that my classmate gave me, he said, if you don't have enough time for the first or second part, just write all the answers that they are A or B or C or D or do half of them A and half of them B. Then um, let's go to the listening, uh, to the writing. So writing has how many parts? One. Just one part. Yeah, you you have 10 minutes to read the text and later you have 30 minutes to swash it, which is, how do you say swash in English? Summarize it. No, oh. not summarize it, shorten it. To short, yeah, summarize. Yeah, to summarize it. But you can't give any of your feelings or expressions, anything. You just need to uh, make it shorter. Um, what was the most difficult part? Well, let, let me just second, let me just... Uh, um, add a comment here Vicky is very good at writing in Chinese it's uh, not true <laughs> I would say this is her strongest point she's also helped me with a couple of essays that I had to write when I was in Shongshan Dashue so I can say that for sure her writing is very good no <laughs> do you have any tips for our listeners well only the tips that I received uh, which is don't try to to be smart in this part is don't use the words that you don't know how to use. Make it as simple as you can because still it's HSK 6 and when you're doing the HSK during the exam you, you are stressed. So you want to make it really good, right? So you're thinking about all these nice words that you can use, right? And I think there's no point for that because if you think about the words that you can use, you're first of all, you're wasting time. Second of all, you're you you might be not sure if you use them correctly. So what I would recommend is make it as simple as possible. Use easy words like danshe, keshe, or, you know, like just simplify it. Yeah. Um, in this exam, and I think this is very common of Chinese exams, they um, really, really emphasize accuracy. So yeah. they want you to get the things right. So... If you use simple words, it's easier to know, oh, this grammar is right. I've used this the correct yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're coming from like a more Western education background, they more emphasize, they'll have an exam system where accuracy isn't as emphasized as much and they want to see you, um, see what you what you know. So yeah, then, that you are better than yeah, someone so or something like that. If you use a really creative, a really difficult word wrongly, they will still give you a mark for attempting. Yeah, for using it. Yeah, for attempting. Whereas in Chinese China, exams, it's different. Yeah, they will mark you down for doing it wrong. And also in this exam, is really important uh, in schedule part, in writing part, to write a title, because uh, the text uh, that you have to read has no title. And he, after you read the text, you need to shorten it. You need to summarize it. So remember to write a title because it's extra point. If you don't have the title, they cut down your points. You need to have the title. Now, um, before I end this podcast. No, what about HSK5? Is it the same? Uh, well, to be oh, honest, don't I forgot. Sean <laughs> <laughs> uh, <Shawn> didn't prepare. <laughs> um, the the listening is very similar. The reading is a lot simpler. We don't have, well, I don't remember as much grammar stuff as they do in the HSK 6. And the writing part, you're basically given a picture and some words. And you got to use all of those words 
in the essay uh, and you're giving i think you're giving two you have to do two pieces uh, now there, you can take a computer exam or you can take a writing, writing exam yeah, i would it's say the same with h with my exam use the computer exam it's easier and faster you know as everyone who has learned chinese le- remembering hands is is really difficult yeah. <laughs> it's easier to type it it's <laughs> like in the end you just don't write papers you you use the phone to write stuff or the computer so it's way easier to yeah. tap it than to actually write write it exactly exactly um yeah so that's the hsk exam now before we um finish this podcast i just wanted to say that for foreigners coming into china i think that if you're planning to stay here for a while you should learn chinese yeah definitely at least hsk4 yes hsk4 is a minimum yeah to survive not only to survive no just to survive but i also think it's respectful yeah. i mean Sean, is it respectful chinese people don't speak english yeah but they don't live in england yeah it's true but would you say the same thing yeah if they're in england and they don't speak english that's disrespectful Sean, you go to any country in europe and people do speak english you can communicate in english yeah you go to oh, some okay asian people don't really speak english maybe that's why like if you're living in a country you have to learn their language but english in, is an international language yeah so everybody should know it at least i mean but chinese people they uh, chinese people don't yeah chinese people don't so yeah. i said that you need to if you want to come to china you need to learn chinese to survive because with english you won't be able to survive well no you can survive but how you can you survive with english you go to the supermarket and you can't even buy food because you wouldn't be buying from the supermarket right you'd be buying from where the places. would you be buying like you'll be going to all the foreign restaurants like that's a lot of expats in 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 China, Chan, you go to Walmart in Katsuan, and people don't speak English there. Yeah, but there are a lot of foreigners in China who don't speak Chinese surviving here. Wouldn't you say? But there are foreigners with money. Yeah, exactly. That's my point. Okay, so you do have money. You don't have to learn Chinese. But if you don't have money, come here and learn Chinese. But the thing is, is that for native speakers, especially, it's easy to earn money in China. It's true. So they don't learn Chinese. And I'm what my point is you should learn Chinese if you come to another country. I don't think that is uh correct to not learn at least the basics. At least as you said HSK4. I think that should be the minimum. If you come here to actually live for a while then yeah. Yeah, wouldn't you agree? Yeah. Because I'm sure that if But you I don't think it's because of the respect. Why? I think, think it's more of the surviving. So are you saying that if someone lived in Poland and they didn't know Polish and they've been there for 10 years? It depends if their if their work is connected with with this language. But as a Polish person, you wouldn't be like that's so bad. Well, if that person if that person is trying to live in Poland till that person dies, yeah. Then yeah, I think so but What about if, if it was 20 you... 25 years? It's quite bad, so. right? Yeah, it's quite bad. It's quite bad. I think it's quite bad. It I, is quite bad. To learn a language, the hardest thing is finding people who speak that language because, you know, that that's, you know, if you're learning a language in your home country, you can't practice it. There's not mm-hmm. enough people who speak that language to practice. But when you've moved to that country and there's a lot of people who speak that language and you still don't know that language, I think it's quite bad. Yeah. I think it's quite bad. So, that's where we're going to end that podcast. Hope to see you all next episode if you're interested in learning more about um and you live in Guangzhou and you want to 
pass the uh, HSK exam, send me an email and I'll try and recommend you some places. Okay, thank you so much. See you next episode. Bye, guys. Bye.